Hi everyone, it's Thursday, December 10th, 2020. My guest this evening is with Jay Favor. Our discussion ranges from his early introduction to combat sports, the multi-layered benefits of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, motivation and philosophies, as well as advice to newer students. Stay tuned after the interview for some final thoughts, and as always, thanks for listening and enjoy. Jay, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for being part of the Journeyman podcast. Uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while now. Um, I guess if we're not rolling tonight, the next best thing to be doing is talking about jujitsu. So uh, I want to thank you. First of all, before we start, I want to thank you for uh, just, um, you know, helping me out and uh, just being you in the gym, man. You're, you're just like a presence. And, uh, you know, if I had to find a purple belt, uh, you know, you'd be the guy. So, uh, Let's just talk. Let's have a conversation, and let's just uh, you know get into uh, get in the, into the little nuances and the nitty gritty. But uh, before we start, if you could just introduce yourself to everyone, and you know how maybe you got into jujitsu, your, your journey. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm Jay. Uh, I train at the Evolution Grappling Academy, and uh, my introduction to jujitsu was was from my father. Um, most of what I, uh, a lot of probably what we'll talk about today is going to kind of be based and influenced by my father directly. Um, but my journey started, um, I guess, like a lot of people's when they were like 12 years old, I guess, when that, when UFC one came out right. and, um, I didn't start doing jujitsu then, but my father did. He had, uh, trained to box for a very long time. And he watched the UFC one and, you know, thought like a lot of other people that the guy in his pajamas was going to get destroyed and, you know, hoist won the whole thing. And obviously a lot of, you know, everything changed kind of in that moment when it came for grappling. Um, And my father stopped training to box and found a jujitsu gym and uh, started training jujitsu. So that, that was like the beginnings of my introduction to uh, sort of like grappling and, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Okay. So wait, so you're talking like 1993 now, is that what we're talking? That's when my dad started getting into it. That's when right. I first kind of learned what it was, right. but I didn't get involved until I was like myself personally till I, in my late twenties, like till I was like 29 years old was when I first started training. But my father was training back then when I was, when I was a kid. Right. Was he, was he like a, what kind, was he just a hobbyist as a boxer or did he have? He was, was a hobbyist. He used to train with uh, Jerry Cooney. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Jerry, he used to train with Jerry Cooney. Not, you know, it was a hobbyist. Uh, maybe did some smokers, you know, gym against gym type stuff, but, uh, but it was a hobby and, you know, right. it was always a, you know, downstairs in our basement, you know, grew up with like the weightlifting, the boxing bags and, and that stuff. Um, so he was always down there hitting the bag and whatnot. But um, after, after the U.S., after that first UFC, uh, it, it kind of changed. And it was, you know, all about the, the grappling and the ground fighting. Nice. So he pretty much, I mean, he pretty much installed some sort of combat sports to you at a really young age. 
Yeah, um, I grew up like uh, fairly active in sports. Um, you know, I was always like either, you know, playing sports with my friends or uh, involved in sports. I played hockey for a very long time. My father, you know, always encouraged us to do these things, but he was, ne he was not an avid sports fan of any team. So um, the thing that he was avid about was we grew up watching fights. When a big fight was on, my dad was getting the fight. So, right. you know, obviously, um, you know, I'm 39 years old, but like I can remember watching like Tyson fight with, with, with my father. Right. I remember, you know, Tyson, Buster Douglas, like that was like, we sat down, my father and myself and my brother and watched that kind of stuff. So there was always, a, my uh, combat sports was, was in the house uh, right. growing up and continued to be through, uh, through up until my father passed away. Um, myself, my dad and my brother were all were in different places, but if the UFC was on or, you know, uh, MMA or anything, we'd be in a group text all watching the fights, you know, together via text. So it was something that stayed with us. So uh, not to get too personal, but how old were you when your dad passed? Uh, it will be five years ago this summer. So I was uh, 34. I was a brand new dad. I just had my uh, first son who's named after him. And uh, it was literally the day I moved, I moved up here. Um, he was diagnosed with brain cancer and 90 days later he was gone. Wow. So, um, yeah, but he was a huge, huge influence in, in me when it came to, uh, jujitsu. Uh, he would come to my, you know, competitions, you know, even as like, you know, I'm, I'm in my thirties and my dad's showing up or driving me to competitions. Right. Um, you know, it was very just cool. something that, that we shared closely. Right. Very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, sort of like honoring him and, you know, and sort of something that you fell in love with as well. Um, but like you said, you played a lot of sports growing up, so you always, you were very active. And uh, it's funny because, I mean, how old were you when you first started grappling? 29, I think. 29. So there, were, there was a time, like, there was a, a, a time after high school, let's say, and then before you actually, maybe 10 years or so before you actually yeah. Yeah, there was a huge gap, like, in, in really being involved in everything. I think, like, I was always a fan of it. Um, yeah. You know, like, continued to watch it. Would You know, I'm, I'm talking about, like, more MMA. Um, but yeah. I knew I always wanted to do the ground fighting. It just took me – I think it took me, like, a long time to get my crap together and finally, you know, just go down to a gym and, like, and, and, and try it out um, and start doing it. And then, um, you know, I think, like, once I started doing it, you know, I, I really loved it, but I have to say, like, I fell in love with it uh, so much more in the last couple of years, you know, training at EGA. Um, right. right. Uh, you know, just such a great environment there that um, it's really made me so much more active with it. And I think that maybe that just came with, um, I don't know, things have been clicking for me a lot recently in the last couple of years in terms of, like, my understanding of it. Um, right. and, and And really seeing seeing some things differently and and i'm talking all about like jujitsu it's been like yeah. a lot of eye-opening experiences um training under coach mike and and all the different uh, all the other different people in the gym and their different games it's just been um it's just been it's just been such a great experience that i've been training i feel like the last couple of years a lot more than i you know that i ever did previously right so let, let's rewind a little bit so you were so i, I understand you were living in the city for a while 
Yeah, um, I lived in the city from like 03 to, uh, I moved up here in, my son was born in 2015, moved up here in 2016. Um, I trained in the, the city for, um, during that time. Um, and then I took some breaks. Um, I took a break when my father got sick. I took a break when my son got sick. Took a break for some injuries. Like I, I fractured my knee training. So I was out of training for like eight months. So right. while it's 10 years in time, it's not right. 10 years straight of, right. of <laughs> unfortunately, um, you know, there was, there was gaps in there yeah, um, for, for, for different reasons. But then, um, so started training down there. Then I moved up here, um, saw the EGA sign and, it was right after my father had passed. I was literally just walking around Main Street in Beacon right. and called up, uh, called up EGA. Mike answered. I didn't know him and just started unloading on him. Like, yeah, I just move up here. I really think I should start training again. I kind of just lost my dad. I'm a blue belt. Like, just opened up like I knew this guy. Right. He said, come on down and uh, went in for the first class, you know, up at EGA and, uh, hadn't trained at that point probably in like 18 months i think i was like 25 pounds heavier than i am now really right. out of shape and all that and just but ever since then it's just been like non-stop right and, and from what i hear you know um because you know obviously i'm very early in my in my journey but from what i hear you know you talk to people who train 10 15 20 years it's never it's never straight there's always life yeah. happens and there's always um, but what I wanted to ask you was, um, so when you were training in the city as a white belt, like what, what kept you coming to the gym every day? Like, what was it about jujitsu that, and being a white belt that kept you showing up? Um, I think there's like, I think there was two things. Um, the first one being, um, when you know nothing like when you come into grappling with like no real knowledge whatsoever, like, you know, you really don't understand. I didn't wrestle. So I really didn't have any experience whatsoever um, with grappling. So at first small, like that small little bit of knowledge that you would gain, it would feel like you knew so much. And at <laughs> first it was like, just learning a little bit. It was like, it was so much more than I knew before because I knew nothing. Like I literally knew nothing about, right, right. you know, anything about being on the ground um, and anything about jujitsu. And every time in every class you learn something new, it started to feel like I learned so much. Um, and then the second thing was that feeling of wanting to go back and figure out like, how did that person do that to me yesterday? Like, right. you know, especially at a white belt. And if you were in like a class with, you know, you know, mixed levels of belts and right. um, you'd just be like, how did that person do that to me with ease yesterday? Mm -hmm. Not to say that I didn't hit those moments of like, especially at the white belt and, 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 and still you have them now too, but especially at white belt, like you just have those classes or even weeks where it felt like all you were going was, all you were doing was going and just, tapping over and over and over and over and over again um and that's how i feel know, right now <laughs> you can have those moments where you sort of feel like okay like why am i doing this i'm not getting any better right. but um i think it's about like recognizing like small gains 
yeah. and like having some perspective of like, well, here's where you were a couple months ago. You knew nothing whatsoever. Yeah. And, and, and here's where you are, you are now. Right. I just mentioned that in my, my last podcast I did, uh, I, I, I dubbed, I dubbed the podcast Blueby. Um, <laughs> so it's like the, the dichotomy is like, you know, as a white belt, you don't know shit, you know, and, um, you're not supposed to know anything. Right. So it's okay if, you know, you're, yeah. getting, you're getting destroyed, you know, and then you get, you get another belt and then you still don't know shit. You, you don't even, you realize you don't even, you don't, you know, you realize once you get a, an advancement that what you thought you knew, you really don't know. Yep. It's just like this never ending loop, you know? So when I'm, when I'm getting smashed, I have to constantly remind myself, like, it's okay because you're learning as you're getting smashed, as you're tapping. It's like, like you said, it's like, for me, it's like the small little victories yep. that make it worth it. And it's like, it's definitely me at 45 years old. Like I started when I was 43, I walked into the door. Me at 45 years old, it's just about those small little victories and knowing, knowing that I don't know anything. Yep. <laughs> if that makes any sense. No, totally. Um, <laughs> you know? Totally understand. And being okay with that, being okay with yeah. understanding that I don't know anything. I don't know shit, you know, relatively speaking. I mean, I know, I know more, I like to think I know more than the average person walking up the street, right, with no experience. But, you know, in, re in relation to you, in relation to a lot of other people, um, in relation to, you know, I feel like it's just, uh, it's like this never, I always, I always re related to this, like this never ending jigsaw puzzle. You know, yeah. Always pieces that, to, that need to be filled. And, and I, I feel the same way. Like I, I, I feel like I, I don't know um, anything. Like, I, I feel like um, I don't know anything. Like As a purple, purple belt, you feel that way. I, I got my purple belt and felt like I didn't deserve it. Um, right, I right. legit was like, I don't deserve this. Like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a purple belt. And in the first couple of months of having it, um, I felt like internally, I felt like I was like holding myself to like, this weird standard of like, I needed to hold myself to a higher standard or um, right. didn't deserve this. So I needed to prove that I did. And I was just right. like second guessing myself constantly. And if I got tapped in, in, in class in a role, I was like, what are you doing? You're a pro like, so like yeah. all these like silly sort of like internal struggles that you have because you just second guess yourself, I think is yeah. probably the biggest thing. But like you said, you, it's okay to know. It's okay to not know. It's okay to get tapped. Like it's all about like small gains and knowledge gains and seeing yeah. something different or new each day. Yeah. I guess that everyone gets hit with that imposter syndrome, right? Like, yeah. you know, I think that's human nature. Right? Yeah. Like, and I think what, like you said, just recognizing it, just like, Oh, you know, like, you know, um, just recognizing that, um, you know, even if you're getting tapped and even if, you know, you, you think you don't know anything, every day you're rolling, you're learning something new, whether you're conscious about it or not. Yeah. That's, I, that's at least what I think. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> but, you know, let's, um, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, and, and we'll circle back to that. Um, what, uh, what's, what's some philosophies or some motivation? I mean, I know you mentioned your dad and you mentioned your son and, um, you know, we'll go in, in deep into that as, 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 as you want to, Jay. Um, 
But uh, what are some philosophies or some motivators for you to continue to practice the art? Um, you know, there was like an initial uh, motivation um, to just learn and get better. Um, then like after my father had passed, uh, he was a purple belt. Um, and he had, he had just gotten to the age where he just really couldn't train anymore. He had a lot of injuries. Um, so he, he had stopped training, but he had stopped at like a purple belt and I had lost, I, you know, I'd lost my dad and my motivation then was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get the purple belt. I'm going to get to the same, uh, sort of spot that he was at as like a way in my head, um, that it was going to like honor him. And, um, yeah. I had such a close relationship with my father that when he passed, I, it was very, my wife was a little nervous and I think I was very nervous that I might sort of spiral into like a little bit of a tailspin. Yeah. Um, and I wrote down lists of goals to keep me motivated and kind of keep me on track. Like, okay, a year from his passing, this is where I wanted to be. And the top thing was like, get back to doing jujitsu. It's been like 18 months now, get back to jujitsu. Um, that's where your dad would want you to be. Not, not, not wallowing. He wants to get you back on the mats, um, get the purple belt. And um, that was like the motivation that, that went away. Like I would say like fairly quickly. Cause like, honestly, um, I just fell in love with the gym and the people so much. So like, yeah that kind of leads me into like uh, the, the motivation right now. Like there's a lot of motivation right. um, for me around just being involved in the environment at EGA. Right. Um, it's just such a great gym filled with great people like yourself and especially in the group that we're with right now. So a lot of motivation to me is like, like motivation at the moment is like, I don't want to let anyone down. We work in a small group. Like I want to be there. I want to make right. sure that I'm at class. Um, Another motivation is just like for my kids now, like I have two sons and even if I had two daughters, I don't care. It's like, um, I, I want to show them like the, the benefits of training Brazilian jujitsu. I mean, there's benefits to jujitsu, Muay Thai, wrestling, any, you know, any of those like, um, sort of like disciplines, but I want to show them what it can do for you personally in terms of like, uh, just the benefits of being physically active to, you know, your, your, your mental health, your, your physical health, uh, uh, building confidence, like all of those things that come from it, the, the camaraderie, all of those um, yeah. things that come from it. So that's like a motivating factor for me as well. And, you know, it's just like staying physically active, like, you know, I'll be 40 years old and have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. I want to be able to yeah. be physically active with them for as long as possible. Um, and then there's like the personal achievement goal of like, I do want to get to black belt. And, and that idea, uh, to me is outside of being a father, like to me, that'll be like my proudest personal achievement, right. not anything I've done at work or anything else. Like if I can put in the time and get to the point where, you know, I can get a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt to me next to being a father, that'll be like the most amazing thing I could have, could have achieved. Yeah. I, um, and again, um, forgive me for, um, sounding naive, but like, and I didn't, I didn't practice martial arts growing up either. I played a lot of sports as well, but, um, yeah. you know, uh, 
<laughs> when you say black belt in jiu-jitsu, I don't think people understand, if you're not, if you don't practice jiu-jitsu, I don't think people understand or even comprehend the, the amount of work and dedication and discipline that goes into attaining something like that. Um, I have massive respect for anyone, uh, anyone, you know, anyone who, who rolls, never mind just a black belt, but yeah. a black belt in general is like, um, and not to put anyone on a pedestal and not to hero worship, but it's just like, we all know what, what just the daily grind is for us. Yeah. And to put, to put that in perspective, we're looking at the average of 10 to 12 years and that's the average. Most, yep. most people probably longer. Um, it's probably not closer to 10 years. It's probably past the 10 years. Um, so yeah, I mean, outside, I mean, work, I mean, achievements at work or, I mean, you really can't, you can't equate it because, um, like you said, the benefits that jujitsu brings to you, um, all around, I think are just, are beyond the belt are beyond, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, how, how much, even the two years that I've been practicing, I mean, I, I'm not, and believe me, I've got my faults and uh, I'm a work in progress and I always will be, right? I'm sure, yeah. are, but, but I mean, if you, if you spoke to me five years ago and told me, and told me about jujitsu, I'd be like, yeah, whatever, dude, like, whatever, you know, I do this, I do that, I've, I've done this. So I'll give you a perfect example. My, my brother-in-law, um, my brother-in-law's brother, who was friends with me in high school, all right, so not to confuse you, he used to watch UFC back in the day, like late, early, mid to late 90s, and I was like, ah, that's cool, you know, but I kind of paid no attention to it. And we sort of lost touch over the years, but we, we keep in touch now, and uh, I come to find out he's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. I had no idea. This guy is 150 pounds soaking wet. He would mop the floor with me. But, like, I didn't know that, you know? So all these years I was like, you know, working out and playing rugby and thinking I'm this badass. And I come into the gym and first day, get, you know, get mopped up. And I loved it. I fell in love with it right away. I'm like, well, I got to keep doing this because there's like power in this. You know, this is awesome. So, uh, yeah, man, just get that. That's, that's a great goal. That's, uh, that's something that, you know, I mean, I can honestly say that I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to attain as well. And I know, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of blue belts that say that. Um, cause I know that the attrition rate at this level is pretty high. Um, but, uh, I wanted to ask you, um, what are some lessons learned, uh, just in your training? Like, can you pinpoint any specific specific, and I know there's a lot and I know you, yeah. you said you've been training for about 10 years, right? So yeah. any, is there anything you could sort of put your finger on? Like, this is what I've gotten out of jujitsu. Like if you had to name a few things. Um, like about jujitsu or things I've gotten out of jujitsu that have like applied to like life and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that applied to like things that you've taken from jujitsu and just sort of applied to life. Um, I mean, I think one is just like just the straight up benefits of doing it. Um, I'll give you like an example. Um, before my uh, youngest son was born, I used to do the 6 a.m. crew like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So getting up, doing jujitsu at 6 a.m. And the benefit was of every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of doing that, I would walk out of there at seven o'clock in the morning, ready to absolutely just crush the day. <laughs> there was, 
There yeah. was nothing that was going to like get in my way. I felt like I could walk through a wall just right. because of starting your day that way of right. like starting your day on the mats, like in a, in really uh, challenging roles with like really skilled people in that 6am crew. Um, that I think there's a lot of them that still roll at 6am. Um, and there's like a formal class now, I, I think. Um, it just is like the, the, the benefits of doing something like jujitsu, the, the chemicals it releases in your, your head, the endorphins, the serotonin, like that, that like really is something that, I've, that I've, I take with me. Um, I, I think like, and not to delve like too, too, too personal, but as someone that has like chemical imbalance issues or whatever, um, the, the benefits of me being physically active and doing this, like it just means a difference to me between like maybe a little bit of a, a glass half empty kind of day into a glass half full kind of day. Absolutely. Yeah. Gives you a different mindset starting the day. Right. Absolutely. Um, and even, you know, at night too, but like, I just, it's hard to describe to anyone the feeling that I would walk out of there at 6 a.m. every day, like, right. especially in the winter, you would get there, it would be dark. I remember like literally one morning, Billy coming to my house and helping dig my car out of the snow so we could get to 6 a.m. class. It's dark out, there's snow, it's 20 something degrees. Right. And then you walk out of there at seven o'clock in the morning and you've already been doing jujitsu for like over an hour. Right. And you just, you, your body is awake, your mind is focused. And I think that's, Another huge thing to take away too is like, whatever's going on in your life, whatever's going on in your day, I'll right. tell you what, when there's somebody on the, that your back trying to choke you, you're not thinking about that. Absolutely. Like it, it will make you, it's like the most focused I ever am at any right. point in any day is when you're on those mats, whether yeah. it's in the, in the beginning when we're working out, whether it's we're going through technique or in a live role when, you know, you're trying to impose your will or someone else isn't trying to impose their will on you. You're not worried about anything else, but what's happening in that moment. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like whatever the rest of the day has to throw at you is easy. You know, yes. it just, <laughs> you've been grappling with a human, another human being, you know, like, so yeah. like you said, you're just, you're focused on one thing. Your mind isn't wandering and, uh, it, it's uh yeah I, I would definitely i would definitely uh agree with that um um it's like uh it's like therapy i mean i i equate it to therapy almost because it's like uh, uh let's face it in our society today and, I, and i've heard this on other podcasts so i didn't make this up and you know it, it's kind of cliche but where, where else can you impose your will on someone else or try to be physical with someone in a controlled manner and then be like, oh, cool, man. Nice role, you know? Yep. Like, that, that doesn't happen in our, that doesn't happen in our world, you know? Especially now, like, you know? No, I mean, it's, and, and this is the thing, it's like, it's so hard to describe it to someone that, that doesn't do it. And I've tried, like, so many times. Um, I can remember being at meetings for work and, like, my previous job within the company I'm in, I was like a district manager and we'd have all these team building activities and we right. would talk about personal things. And I would talk about like, there is no feeling like the feeling you have when someone's on your back and their goal <laughs> is to put you in a position by a choke or 
whatever their method will be at that moment to get you to tap and give up and then turn around and shake hands and slap and, and go right back at it again. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's no way to describe it to people that, that don't do it. I think it's like, it's just hard to understand how you could do that and have someone do that to you and right. be all smiles and happy after like, right, right. you know, it's just, Ah, it's it's hard to, to get that point of view across, but it's just so amazing. Yeah. Do you wish, do you sort of wish, and I know you've probably gotten this question before, do you wish you started earlier? Oh, man, I, I, I wish I'd started earlier. I wish I had, uh, you know, started earlier, probably competed more, and just spent my life uh, opening and running a jiu-jitsu gym. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, I mean, if, that, if that's what you want to do, there's, you know, who says that you can't, you know? Yeah, it's just such a, yeah, for me, it's like, uh, that idea is so, it's, so, it's such a scary idea. Right. Um, but, like, looking back now, like, I never had an answer to that question of, like, what do you want to do with your life? Right, um, right. Never. I mean, never. I mean, I just fell into what I do just, like, at random and i've been with the same company for 17 years just because i could and like yeah. now i go yeah i would i would i would teach jujitsu and do jujitsu and, and run a gym that would be so that would be so awesome like uh i am i'm you know i'm really appreciative of people if that's what they do you know yeah. with their life do you do you do you find that practicing jujitsu as long as you have do you think it's uh it's sort of opened a lot of other doors for you. Like maybe you've taken risks that now that you wouldn't in the past. I mean, absolutely. I mean, even, um, you know, I'm a very introverted person. Um, that's just I, kind I of, would, I would never have thought that. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a very introverted person. Like I think like outside of certain environments, like at the gym, like it's different because we're all there like with, like the same purpose i think yeah so um like i feel maybe different there but like even like the the few times i think it was like two or three classes that like i like i taught because al or shane wasn't there um that's something that like obviously i wouldn't have been doing it anyway because i wouldn't know jujitsu but like even being able to do that like to feel comfortable like uh to to you know show instruction to other people like that's all because of like the confidence and things that I take away from, yeah. from training jujitsu promotions and roles within the, my work environment that I got, like my previous role of being like, you know, the head person in charge of like a, a very large team, you know, that came from confidence and having the confidence to do that. A lot of times came from confidence that I gained in myself from being on the jujitsu mats. Yeah, um, I, I think like it first started, like I started getting a lot more confidence in myself in my twenties when I started like working out and lifting weights and things like that. But then yeah. I kind of realized, but I don't know anything about like self-defense and what I'm doing. And um, that's what really finally got me on the jujitsu mats. And then it just changed it even more like right. self-confidence and um, being sure of like taking the lead on things. And I think like leadership qualities and yeah. um, a lot of different, different things that it just attributed to, um changing me like as a person in terms of like allowing me to be like more self-reflective i think yeah because you have to be self-reflective i think 
in jujitsu about of like course. your your game and like you know what you're learning and not learning and why does that keep happening and right. uh, you know why can that person keep taking my back like I need to be reflective yeah. about what I'm doing like I think it allowed me to be like more reflective as a person too about like things in my personal life and or at work even like being reflective and, and things like that so um yeah there's there's so many benefits of jujitsu that are just like they're not just to jujitsu i mean it's going to have an impact on 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 like all aspects of your life yeah yeah man and let me tell you like um the, the classes that you that you've taught have been have been awesome i think you were like i think you're like a natural teacher um you know, I say that about you, I say that about Al, you guys, you know, um, really, um, um, you know, really, really are able to, um, you know, um, teach, you know, you, you guys just seem like you, uh, you really know what you're doing, and I know you do, but it's just like, just your, the way you guys, your pedagogy, just the way you guys speak to people, and the, and the way you explain um, um, move, movements, and, uh, you're, you could definitely do it. You know, you could definitely teach if you wanted to teach. So just so you know, uh, I, I've, I've learned a lot from you. I've learned a lot from Al. Obviously, I've learned a lot from Mike. I've learned a lot from everyone at that gym. And I'm, for, I'm really grateful that I just, you know, by, you know, almost by happenstance, I just happened to join this gym. And um, it's, it's been, you know, because you hear horror stories about people going to gyms and yeah, right fit. And, you know, it's, it's a, bunch of muscle heads and it's or it's just like you know uh I, I don't know I just I think uh I was very lucky and to be people like yourself and, and and others that are just have really like taken me under your wings and you know gone out of the way to explain um you know movements and and positions and uh I think it's uh I think I think if that's what you wanted to do I think you could absolutely do it um so I, for whatever that's worth that's <laughs> you know um uh, listen, I teach for a living and every day I'm like, what am I doing? You know, I'm like, you yeah. know, like that's, the, it's that self-reflective piece. Like you said, yeah. it forces you to be reflective on whatever you do. Um, uh, so I know I didn't really sort of uh, prompt you for this, but I, since we're talking about, um, since you've, you know, you had this experience, what, what would be like, what would be your advice to maybe a white belt, um, not just starting out because I, you know, most people would say just keep showing up, but like, what would you, what would be your advice to a white belt who's been in it for like six to eight months and then maybe like a blue belt, like a new blue belt? Cause I know, I know that the, the, it's like, it's almost like um, they're the same, but they're not. Yeah, no, totally. I get it. Um, I, I totally get what you mean. Cause I went through the same struggles, um, at blue belt that I went through at white belt, where at first I started to feel gains and yeah. I went through a long period of where I wasn't feeling gains. And it was like the same feeling I had, um, when I was a white belt, I think that there's, uh, two things that I learned from EGA, um, that I wish I had learned, uh, when I had first started. Um, number one is uh, repetition, repetition, repetition. Um, so, or I'm going to say three things, sorry, three things. Oh, yeah. First one being repetition, repetition, and repetition. Um, if you're wanting to get better at something, it's going to happen by doing it over and over and over again. Um, right. and committing it to muscle memory. 
it's hard to see gains. I think a lot of times um, when you're, you're, you're kind of like um, all over the place. So if there's a class that does like positional sparring, like get to that class, drill that position over and over again. Right. Don't be afraid to, when you're doing live roles that maybe aren't positional roles to say to the other person, can we start here? Yeah. Can we start in neon belly? Can we start on the back? Right. And that's like the thing is like by doing it over and over and over again, it, you'll start to get better. Um, and you will, it'll start to become where it's just automatic. Yeah. Like when, when that position naturally happens in a, in a, in a, in a live role, you'll go to neon belly. Cause now, you know, now it's there. So right. I think the first thing I would say is, is repetition. Um, two, something that I didn't see the benefits of myself until COVID happened was watching videos. Right. I, I didn't, and I, maybe it's just because like you would go and like watch a video and it would be some really out there, um, you know, wild submission or whatever. Right. Um, and what I didn't think about was, and it links back to the repetition, which is just watching videos on fundamentals. So if you're yeah. a white belt, if you're a blue belt, you know, I mean, any belt, you, you always want to make the fundamentals better. So maybe don't watch the videos about like the crazy new leg lock, but instead watch a bunch of videos on just mount yeah. and, you know, uh, a, a, a attacking from the mount and defense from the mount. And if that, and, and line it up with like whatever's going on in your class currently. So yeah. the way we've been structuring it right now, where we're doing like weeks and weeks of one thing at a time, I then re, re, I'm reviewing videos of the same things that we're working on. Right. And though you're, I'm not getting to practice them while I'm watching the videos, sometimes I'm just reviewing things that we've already been doing to try and like just cement it in, in the back of my head. Yeah. yeah. And the, the third thing I would say for like white belts and blue belts is put yourself in bad positions. Put yeah. yourself in absolutely horrible positions. Don't be afraid to be there. Because the more you learn about how to defend something properly, the more you'll understand about why the offense works yeah. and the better it'll be for you to be able to do that offensively. Because if yeah. you know how to defend something, then you know how it should work offensively. Like, right. So those are three things that like, um, I, I would recommend to, to like if white belt, blue belt, I mean anybody, but especially I wish I had maybe done a little bit more of the third one I've always been big on is putting myself in the worst position possible. Like right. I, I want some, I want to start a role with someone on my back with, you know, two hooks in and a seatbelt grip. Like, right. let me defend from a really bad position. Right. I think, yeah. And, I, and that, that speaks, I remember, yeah, we, we, we did that recently. And I remember like when I first, when I, well, not when I first started, maybe like three months, three or four months in, I was always like, Whenever we did positional rolling, I was like, uh, let me uh, uh, get, get side control on me. Because I, I, I guess I kind of realized like early, and mind you, I had no idea what I was doing, but I realized early that um, I, had to get, I had to get some, uh, some kind of defense. <laughs> yeah. Before I could even, and now I'm at the stage where I'm trying to make an off, uh, uh, trying to develop an offensive game, and I'm still, and I'm nowhere near the, you know, once in a while I'll catch someone in something. But like, I don't have a game, you know, but like, I like purposely, like you speaking to what you said, I purposely was putting myself in bad positions, purposely trying to play defense on my back, which 
probably, you know, didn't help my back out at all. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm trying to make that transition to a top game. It's, 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 it's been difficult for me. I'm not going to lie. Um, just be, but I understand what you're saying. You're, 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 you're going to create an offense by having a defense, I guess, right? If I'm, yeah. I don't want to misquote you, but um, – and it's like making – like you said, making those connections with fundamentals, like just constantly practicing the fundamentals. And, you know, I guess, I'm not going to lie. I get caught up in the YouTube thing sometimes. I'll be watching YouTube, and I'll be like, oh, you know, watching Gordon Reiner, watching, you know, whoever. And uh, I'll be like, oh, that's a cool move, you know, but then I have to like – I have to like catch myself sometimes be like, I don't even know what like, you know, some basic moves are. What am I doing? I can't, I can't be doing no cartwheel passes if I don't know, you know, you know, a hundred percent, you know? So, and, and I'm, and I'm not going to lie. I like, I, uh, I look at that stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. But I know deep down inside, I'm not going to pull that off against like someone who's trying to resist it, you know? So I have to, um, I have to, I have to catch myself. And uh, I guess, like you said, just stressing those fundamentals are just really, really important. Because I guess, I guess when you break down any move, it's always going to have the fundamentals are always going to be tight. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I mean, there needs to be an understanding of the fundamentals to be able to get to those positions where, you know, you can, you know, have, you know, that uh, position from before submission and have dominant control of another person and be able to control them to put them in a spot that you, um, can, you know, impose your will for a position depending upon what it is. And I think like, it's not to say like, don't watch those videos. It's like, but if you're going to watch a video and then go to class, like make it be like, well, you know what my mount, if my mount isn't great or my passing isn't good, you know, don't, don't, don't jump on leg locks, right. you know, learn, learn how to pass too. Like don't, don't avoid something that you're not good at and try and jump to something else, like right. force yourself to repeat over and over again. Like if it's guard passing, if it's butterfly guard, if it's open guard, whatever it is, like yeah. force yourself to, you know, re repeat it and watch videos that line up with what you're, what you're focused on and, and help reinforce that. I, I wish I did more of that when I, when I first started. Yeah. I guess that's sort of, I mean, there's benefits to the digital age we're in now, but I guess yeah. the negatives could be that, like there's so much content out there now that if you're just getting into it, it's like, you know, um, paralysis by analysis, you know, it's like, where do I start? Like there's so, you know, and, and not to say that like you need to have a strict curriculum, you know, yeah. like somebody just getting into a sport like this, it's like, you, you know, you see the flashy stuff, but you don't see the grind and that's not sexy, you know, doing yep. for a half hour isn't sexy, but at the end of the day, that's, what's going to help you the most. Absolutely. You know, um, yeah, 100%. And I struggle with that. I'm not going to lie. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure people like, um, you know, I guess it's like, uh, you know, making sure that you understand that, uh, you know, you can't, you know, you gotta, you gotta hit the valleys before you get to the peaks. You know, you gotta, you gotta put that mat time in and, and, and do the fundamentals and not skip the warm ups and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's it's a long, long uh, journey. Um, I, I just wanted to say, and I, and I like I said, I don't, and I'm, I want to be respectful of your time, Jay, and, and I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, no but, worries, man. The kids are asleep. I'm free. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, just, I just want to circle back to, to what you said earlier about, you know, um, your motivations for, for the sport. And, you know, I'm 45, you're 39. And, you know, um, and, you know, we, we, we both have young kids and, and I'm, I'm like you, I want to, I want to be, you know, an active dad when my son, you know, my daughter's 13, but my son is six. So when my son's a teenager, I still want to be, you know, somewhat active. And I think, you know, um, this is going to be that vehicle to, to, to help me do that. Yep. And, you know, if he, you know, if, if he ends up grappling and he gets involved in jujitsu, great. If he doesn't, worst case scenario, he sees his dad get his ass kicked and he, and he, and he learns about, he learns about, you know, maybe he learns a little bit about resolve and resiliency and, you know, so for me, it's like a win-win situation. Um, I wish my daughter would get involved in it, but I, I, I can't seem to get her, can't seem to get her on there. But um, I know that, um, you know, I shared with you that my son was sick for a while and, um, you know, he, uh, I, I, he uh, you know, he spent some time in the hospital when he was younger. And um, this has been a tough time, you know, for all of us on, on many different levels. But I think that something like this just puts a lot, a lot of things in life in perspective. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's something that, you know, when, when life comes, goes back to normal, you know, whatever that means, but when life goes back to normal, it's something that I, I definitely hope that he gets involved in so he can, uh, number one, learn some self-defense, and number two, like you said, if anything, social emotional aspect of it, just learning confidence and you know um, at a young age and uh, learning a skill, you know, and that's what it's really about for me. You know, I'm not, and I'm, I'm probably speak, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but we're not here trying to groom, you know, champions, you know, like, you know, it's it's about, no, yeah, yeah it's about just, you know, learning a skill and. And, and being able to, to protect yourself and being able to protect people around you and just being a better person, I guess, right? 100, 100%. Um, you know, yeah, I'm not looking to raise like the next Abu Dhabi champs. Uh, right. I, I, just, <laughs> I just want them to get involved at a young age and, and see the benefits and the, and the life rewards that it, that it can give to you. Uh, I wish I had started when I was younger. And one of the things I look back and wish on is I wish my father had um, forced me into, into doing it and made me do it. Um, but he didn't, and that's fine. Um, but it's one of those things where it's kind of like, I am probably the most laid back. I want to encourage my uh, kids to get involved in as many things as they can. And, um, you know, I really want them to be, if it's creative, whatever it is, I will be 100% behind it. But, there's kind of a non-negotiable that you need to take some sort of um, self-defense type uh, sport, whether it's, you know, like to me, it's like jujitsu, wrestling, uh, Muay Thai, where there is not only are they great skills, but you're also going to train them in an environment against an opponent that's going to resist with their, with their full force. Um, right. You know, not, not something where we're, 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 going up against an opponent that's like, you know, giving us 25% or half, or we're not really yeah. applying that knowledge. Like I want them to have to learn uh, how to apply that knowledge as well. Um, and for my older son, it's like another layer of really why I want to get him to stick with it is 
they know based on uh, studies that children that have heart surgeries before the age of three um, are significantly prone to anxiety. And my son had three heart surgeries before he was three. And wow. we, can, we can already see the manifestations of uh, his anxious behavior. So getting him involved in something young and getting them to stick with something like jujitsu, I know is going to help with yeah. managing his anxiety as he gets older. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, Jay, I mean, uh, listen, uh, he's, he's got quite a role model and, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, um, that what, at whatever, whatever he decides to do, or your kids decide to do, they're going to, uh, you know, they're going to be, uh, um, well, uh, received and, um, you know, they're going to be, uh, they're going to have uh, someone to look up like up to like yourself. And, uh, you know, I want to thank, thank you for your time. Uh, I want to thank, thank you for coming on. As I said, I, I know, uh, I know, um, that, uh, you know, we much rather be on the mats right now, but like I said, second best thing is uh, talking about jujitsu and just uh, I want to thank you for uh, you know helping me in my journey and, and being an integral part of uh, of the gym and um, you know just being there and just being you and uh, your teaching and just you know your your presence and uh, you know looking forward to uh, to to learning and looking forward to just just you know growing as a person and and as a as a as a practitioner you know and like I said. You know, we're, I'm at the age where, like, for me right now, this is this is this is gravy because you know I'm not. <laughs> I'm 45 years old. I'm just looking to stay in shape and do something fun and be competitive to a certain degree and, and yeah. skill. And uh, hopefully, you know, if the if the if the chips fall right, hopefully my kids will will will, will that'll rub off on my kids a little bit. And uh, yeah, um, and, and I think you we're on the same wave, wavelength with, with that. But. Uh, Jay, I want to thank you for your time and uh, thanks for being a, a, you are the 27th episode on the Journeyman podcast. <laughs> My last episode, I, I put it out the other day, but I guess um, it's been a couple of months since I, I actually released an episode. And I guess in the, in, the, in, the, in the interim, I used a song and Spotify sort of like licensed, like if you use a song now, only Spotify will, will, will uh, share it. The rest of the other, um, um, mediums won't. So I have to make sure that when I edit this, I don't use a song. Okay. But Jay, thanks again for your time. And, uh, I will see you soon on the mats and, uh, you know, I will see you, uh, you know, when you're, when you, when you get that black belt and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, it, it'll be great. It'll be great. So thanks. Again. Thanks a lot, Rob. Yeah. Jay, thanks for coming on and, uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Have a good night, man. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Some final thoughts on my interview with Jay. We spoke at length about the benefits, lessons, and reflection intrinsic to grappling. Jay attributes his early immersion of combat sports to his late father, noting his achievements and leadership roles beyond the mats to the lessons learned during his 10-year jiu-jitsu journey. Jay's ultimate goal is to inspire and cultivate the benefits of martial arts to his two young sons. 
I want to thank Jay for his time and disclosure. Jay's presence, dedication, and teaching continue to inspire his peers. Thanks for listening, everyone, to another episode of the Journeyman Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes on rugby, jiu-jitsu, and everything and anything in between.